Ever been tempted to put more effort into Facebook or Instagram for your business, but still find yourself having to come back to LinkedIn? Hello and welcome to Upon Arrival, a show that uncovers stories and strategies that make up all the moving parts of business events tourism with me, Adelaine Ung. Here's another Green Room episode curated from the best of the archives for this podcast. And by the way, I'm also approaching my 100th episode and people have been shooting a few suggestions my way for how that should be marked. I'm still mulling a few ideas and hey, if you have a good idea, I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me an email using the address in the show notes. And who knows, you may even get a shout out in the 100th episode. But yeah, social media. I'm generally terrible at it because sometimes I'm just not sure how to show up and the perfectionist side of me tends to make me procrastinate and then the content I was thinking of posting gets old, goes past its use-by date and you know how that story ends and now you know why I'm pretty quiet on social media, generally. But I'm working on it while I'm keeping all my other plates spinning. Now, in the space of coaching and entrepreneurship, there's a lot of people selling strategies and tactics for Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and promising they'll help you crack the code and go viral if you join their program. But when the surveys are done, it's LinkedIn that triumphs as the source for most actual business transacted across many services and industries, even though the audiences tend to be smaller. For example, I'm a podcaster and a recent survey that I read called the State of Podcast Marketing Report, which asked more than 200 podcasters which outreach channels were giving the most bang for their buck, LinkedIn was the clear winner, especially with organic reach, which is the one thing that has suffered with algorithm changes in Facebook and Instagram. Which was a surprising result because most podcasters gravitate to those Zuckerberg-owned platforms. In the business events tourism space, pre-COVID surveys do exist by the likes of the Journal of Destination Marketing and Management, Bizabo, etc. that have also attested to the effectiveness of LinkedIn for the industry. As for TikTok, well, what can I say? You might go viral and it's a lot of fun, but the engagement is often shallower and you may not be getting the kind of audience that's ready to do business with you. I'll qualify that it does depend on the type of business, but I'm saying go where the research says there's unmined gold to be found. But should you be growing your LinkedIn audience as fast and furiously as you can? Uh-uh. Here's what I thought were some really helpful tips from Scott Aaron. Scott is an award-winning online marketer, three times best-selling author, top podcaster and speaker, a go-to specialist when it comes to converting traffic, establishing connections and building personal brands on LinkedIn. But first, here's me pre-framing that part of the conversation. When it comes uh, to the events and business tourism sector, this is what I've seen generally. The people most active and getting the most interaction are the newsmakers. They're the chief editors with the breaking news because we're all hungry for news at the moment. We're all watching for signs of um, business recovery. And also getting traction are industry leaders and a few company presidents or CEOs, you know, the bigwigs. The rest, the people who work in venues, event planning, tourism experience providers, they generally get much less traction. How do the smaller players get the most out of LinkedIn? I mean, is a decent profile and the odd post about what you or your company is is up to okay? Is that are, are we playing the book right? Well, I think there's a couple things that need to be um, 
mentioned. Number one is starting with the right profile and having it optimized because there's search engine optimization that's embedded into all of our profiles. Um, anyone that visits my website, scottaaron.net, um, you'll get a pop-up to download a free infographic that goes over six ways to perfect your profile. And if it's not filled out the right way, you are going to be invisible, and that leads to no engagement. So the first step is absolutely uh, optimizing your profile from top to bottom. The second thing is the build of your network. So I always tell people there's, there's two buckets that a connection has to drop into for it to be a meaningful connection. Number one, is this connection someone that could benefit from my product, my good, or my service, or my expertise? The second bucket is, is this person a good connection to collaborate, create, or network with where they can introduce me to someone that could fit in the first bucket. If there's no connecting point between you and the other person, it's of no value. It's a waste of a connection. So just to give you an idea, I have sitting on LinkedIn 937 connection requests waiting to be accepted by me from people that have sent them to me. (laughs) That's a long list. If they don't fit into one of those two buckets, guess what? You're not taking them. They're going to sit there forever. Wow. Because, again, you need to be so crystal clear on who you're connecting with. So I know exactly who my target market is. So I am super clear on who I'm sending connection requests to, who I'm accepting connection requests from, because that's how the engagement starts to happen, because I have the right people in my network. The third thing is messaging people properly. And I think this is where the wheels typically fall off because um, if you've spent any time on LinkedIn, which I know you have, and I know there's some listeners that have as well, they they will get these 18-paragraph-long drunkologues of people trying to sell and pitch <laughs> and here's how I can help you, here's what I can do for you, buy my stuff, you know, blah. That is the wrong way. Now, first I want to say you do not have to send a note when you're sending a connection request. Because the problem is... That is the opposite of everything else I've heard. So, and and here's my theory. Number one, um, unless, unless you know that person personally or you were referred to connect with that person where you're going to mention, oh, you know, Scott, I'm just reaching out. Um, Your friend Susie said I should connect with you and I found you on here, would love to connect. Then that's appropriate. But I'll I'll read you some of the ones and and I'm going to give you some examples. This is perfect because it happens every single single day. And so someone wrote, hey, congrats on the new role, which is not true. I have no new role. Uh, I'd love to discuss (laughs) how you help clients with LinkedIn lead gen. Like, no, you don't. Um, hi, Scott. I saw your profile and was interested to learn more about what you do. Are you adjusting well to these challenging days? The pandemic changed the game. How did that affect your business? Sending that to me in a connection request, not even a message. That's in the note. That is not how you reach out to people. So there was a third party. Here's the facts. There was a third party that came in. They did a study. They sent thousands of connections with a note and thousands of connections without a note, and the acceptance percentage rate was just about the same. There is no 
advantage to sending a note if you think it's going to get you more connection requests? If people could see me now, they would see that my jaws just hit the floor. That is amazing because, as I mentioned, that is not what I've been hearing uh, with the advice from the experts. You now supposedly need to send uh, an accompanying note every time you, you send out a connection request. But then uh, help us out here. If there was, um, if you're just building your network and you know your target market, you know who you want in your network, how do you do this then to increase the chances of someone accepting your connection request? There's, there's no way to increase that. They're, p- human beings are human beings. They're either going to accept it or not, but it, it really comes back to your profile because they see your headline. If your headline is in conjunction with who they are, they're going to accept it. So Mm. when I send a connection request, right, to another podcast host or another speaker or another author and they see my connection request come across and it says top podcast host, best-selling author, do you think they're going to want to accept my connection? Of course, because – The mirror image of them is trying to connect with them, which means they're going to want to network with me. But here's the other problem. So I want you to to want you to hear me out. So when someone sends a note in a connection request, even if it's accepted, when it's accepted, you get the first message, right? But if it's a statement and it's not a question, what are you then going to do? Send another message after that? Oh, now you've accepted officially. Let's hop on a call. Don't double message people. I, the only time, and and I'm very, very specific with this. The only time I end up accepting a connection request that has a note attached is if the person mentions. So prime example, I did a training for one of the largest financial firms in the world two weeks ago. I got multiple connection requests and they all put a note, hey, I was on XYZ's company training, great presentation. I'm going to accept that connection. Number one, they're my target market. Um, Number two, they mentioned exactly where they saw me. Make sense? Uh-huh. So let's talk about messaging though. So I don't add notes at all, ever. The only time I add a note is if someone, say you pop on to one of my posts and you like and comment, uh, but we're not connected. You're a second connection. I can't send you a message because we're not connected. (laughs) So I practice gratitude every day and I encourage people to do this. So I send a gratitude message to one new person a day on LinkedIn that engages with my content. And I just say, you know, thank you for supporting me. Truly grateful for you and your connection. Have a great day. That's it. If I'm not connected to the person, I'll do a gratitude note. So I would, you know, hit connect and then I would add a note, but I would cite the fact that, hey, just wanted to send you a connection request and also thank you for engaging with my post or video about XYZ. I really, really appreciate you and your support. Truly grateful for it. Have a great day and hope to become connected soon. That's it. That's Mm. the only time I add a note is if to add gratitude to someone's life to leave them better. Now, if I'm going to message someone, again, I I don't I don't send notes. I just message. There's a a, a three uh, three step process in crafting a message. Number one, 
you mention the person's name. Of you know, course. Hey, hey yes. Scott, great to be connected to you. Don't do dear Scott, comma, in, make it very informal because a lot of people are using bots and software to message people. And if it's too stuffy and too professional, they're going to know that it wasn't them messaging. <laughs> so make it very relaxed. You know, hey, Scott, great to be connected to you. The second part I call lowering the drawbridge. When a drawbridge is up, it allows the boats to pass back and forth. When a drawbridge is down, it allows the traffic to flow back and forth. So you need to lower that drawbridge. So say I was connecting with another podcast host because I want to do a swap, right? I would say, you know, hey, Scott, great to be connected to you. I noticed that you were also a podcast host, as am I. Would love to hear about your program, share more about mine to see how we can support each other here on the platform. Now, I've done two things. I've lowered the drawbridge. So he's going to read that message and he's going to say, that makes sense. Scott's a podcast host. So am I. That's why he's reaching out. But the second thing is I used one of the most important words in the English language besides someone's name. The word support. It's been scientifically proven that when someone reads the word support and says it in their head, it triggers the brain to release a chemical called oxytocin. That is our feel-good brain chemical, just like cortisol, dopamine, endorphins, serotonin. So the person is feeling good as they're reading this message. The third part is you finish with a CTA, a call to action. Statements lead to nowhere. Questions lead to answers. So if I said, hey, Scott, let me know when's good for you. I'm never going to let him know because he didn't ask. <laughs> but if I finish with any time for a call this or next week, I'm going to then respond. The other thing is you have to remember that you have to ASK to GET. You have to ask in order to get. So you state the person's name, reason for reaching out without pitching or selling, and if they're available for a call. That's Scott Aaron. And whoa, ho, ho, just listening back, I realized how much I listened, but then I didn't really listen because I didn't put all of that into action. So I do have some homework to do on that front. Maybe you do as well. Maybe you don't, and you're already acing your LinkedIn game. But I hope you found value in this Green Room episode. I'm Adelaine Ng. Do check out the show notes for more about Scott, as well as links to his resources. If you wanted to catch the full version of this interview, go look for episode 16. And hey, if you want to do what I'm doing and start a podcast interviewing inspiring people in your space, reach out at uponarrivalpodcast at gmail.com. I'll be back soon with more stories and strategies for a successful future. Till then, cheers. Cheers.